Hello and welcome to Virago Voices podcast. Podcast number five. This podcast is all about women's empowerment. Today's podcast is entitled Megan. I know Megan through work and although I have never worked directly with her, I feel like we are social media friends. You know the friends that you have on all forms of social media and you like each other's things and reply to each other's tweets. And it was through this that I asked her if she would like to be interviewed, which she kindly accepted. My friend Megan is determined. The one thing that stood out to me through all of my interactions with Megan was her determination and drive. As a budding surgeon, she works hard at everything she does, including creating amazing cakes. Her friends describe her as an excellent host who will go that extra mile for you no matter what. She has that can-do attitude and seems to always have a plan in her mind. She's a joy to work with and a great pal. From Megan, I have learned perseverance. She has taught me that if you put in the hard work, you will see great results. I hope you enjoy our conversation with the Virago that is Megan. Hi Megan, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Um, so we'll get started. What is your life goal? Um, it's, I did think about it briefly, but obviously it's quite a difficult question to answer. I think there's, I think I, I try to think about it in terms of right now, what do I think my life goal is, but things have, like they change so much that you kind of think, even what you think you might be doing in a year's time or five years or 20 years time, it changes um, like so frequently. Um, so I, like, so I think it's really difficult. The, the best way I think I've, I think I've kind of come to put it together and what, I, what probably explains the approach I'd like to have anyway. Um, I've got different like goals in terms of I think I'm quite career like career orientated and at the moment that's medicine and hopefully surgery um and obviously family orientated I'm really kind of a family person and I'd like to get married and have kids and all that kind of stuff but you just don't know like I was I wasn't meant to do medicine like when I was at school like everything changes um so I think there's been a few times in my life where I've kind of looked at everything that's that's happening or I've done at that moment in time um I think there's been a few moments where I can I look at everything and I can step back and I'm just really happy with every single element that's gone on and oh I feel quite accomplished or um and I just kind of overall quite satisfied with everything um a, a good I think a good example of that is recently actually it's not like recently it's a year ago now which is terrifying <laughs> but um at my graduation party um I it was probably like one of those times I kind of I stepped back and I thought I've just spent six years doing something that is like a really big accomplishment and I was celebrating that with friends that will 100% be like lifelong friends and like my closest family members and um like that aspect I was really happy about and like I was really happy with my health and my body and the plans I had. And I had a job, obviously, at, at Frimley that was my top choice hospital. Everything was just really kind of fell into place. So I feel in terms of, like, life goal, possibly the best way I can describe it is I'd like to keep doing whatever I need to do 
to be able to stand back and say, actually, everything is, is what I want it to be. I'm really happy with all of these elements. And then I hope I keep having the, the insight and the ability and I suppose the opportunity to be able to say, well, actually, this, this bit of, of my career or this bit of how I think about this or whatever isn't quite right. So I need to make a change and I need to do that. And that will be my next goal, or my next achievement or something. Um, to just kind of keep evolving so that even though I might not know what I'm going to achieve or what I'm, what I'm going to want to achieve, um, hopefully I can kind of just keep doing things. <laughs> they all come together and I can just kind of, I can look at my life as a whole and just be quite happy. I think it's probably the best. Because no, I'll like I'll say something like, my life goal is to achieve this and then 10 years time, <laughs> I'll like think back and be like, no, that <laughs> was so entirely wrong. not it. I was yeah. completely wrong. <laughs> um, so that's probably the best way I suppose I can... I think that's a really great answer. I really love the evolving aspect of it. That fact that, you know, you just want to be happy regardless of whatever, whatever, you know, life throws your way. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any advice for women who, you know, and how to adapt an evolving life goal? Um, I I think it's, I think it is difficult um, because you, you change so much like as a person it's just as you like get older um I think if there's anything that you I think it's just knowing it. if there's anything that you really want to do you can just do it and I would like you might have to work really hard for it but things are achievable like it's not you shouldn't ever think that you're from the wrong background or you're the wrong type of person or um you know because if something didn't work out in the past doesn't mean that it's not going to work out in the future and um, and I'm quite fortunate and the way that I was raised is very much like you can do whatever you want you need to prepare yourself so that like you have you're in a good position where you still have the opportunities open to yourself to be able to do what you want um but I think I was always like I was brought up just if you if you if there's something that you want you make it happen for yourself like put yourself in the right position you know educate yourself or work hard or whatever it is um and if you kind of stick with that, you can accomplish it. It's, I think some people get, as possibly think that, yeah, there are barriers to achieving things that they shouldn't even try. Yeah. Um, I think as long as you kind of, I don't know, plan or try your best. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, no, but I think no. it's always like you should always stay quite open. Yeah. Um, I think people often surprise themselves with what they can actually achieve if they really just go for it and and, and don't and don't be too afraid to kind of try yeah and particularly as women yeah there's a lot of barriers that we could perceive to be unreachable or unattainable but yeah definitely um i think there's enough people that have proved that you can just like it's hard there's definitely like hard things yeah. but there's enough people that are out there um from all backgrounds and and yeah obviously all these incredible women that just prove that even if you thought it's not achievable it's yeah you know, anything everything can be done yeah yeah. No, that's really that's a great message. And um, one of the things I really love about you is um, your kind of drive to do and to achieve your career goals, and that's kind of at the minute in surgery. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So it's something that um, I'm now very focused on because I think once I have once I've decided on something, I think my my decisions are sometimes quite spontaneous. I think I'm quite a like 
if I, I kind of feel that something's the right decision to make and then once I make it I'm then very planned and very organized like once I've made that decision um so surgery is quite a recent thought and actually in medical school I remember saying like I definitely won't be doing surgery I won't be doing core <laughs> surgical training like never and now <laughs> obviously that's what I'm hoping to do um because I think you know again I think just where the person that I've ended up becoming that that now fits with me um and that's quite exciting um and that's something and now I've decided on it I'm very excited and I, I again I don't there are barriers I probably could you know think about um especially as being a woman in surgery and I think it's quite a big topic at the moment of trying to get more women in surgery um and it's still even you know when we were in medical school we're told you know it's still a male orientated specialty it's you know there's still specialties in surgery where going part-time or having children are considered like not an ideal you know characteristic or aspiration um and that definitely also played on my mind but I think it's definitely there's a long way to go but it's definitely evolving and I think if you look at the consultants who are working in surgery at the moment versus the trainees there's a huge shift like very clearly a huge mm-hmm. shift and I think that's really exciting yeah um I think that's a really nice time to get involved with it because um you're surrounded by women who are kind of are facing the same challenges and so are equally kind of really pushing each other and I'm I suppose quite fortunately have yet to I'm not don't tend to come across people that are like oh, do you really want to do surgery? Like, is that the right thing for you? Yeah. Um, most people, especially women, are really quite excited that there's, like, another person joining. Yeah. Um, that little surgical surgical female group. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is nice. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, again, it's going to be, I think, hard work. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm unrealistic about it. That Korean surgery, anyway, is hard, regardless of, of gender. Um I'm definitely not naive to the fact that there's going to be a lot of challenges. But I find that really exciting. Yeah. I like that. I think you're so right at the minute. It's such a trailblaze attitude yeah. in surgery. And, and there is a real sisterhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working in the surgical department at the minute and there's so many female trainees and they all really seem to support each other. And Yeah, yeah there's loads of us now. so <laughs> important, isn't it? Like, the sisterhood is just... We talk about it loads on the podcast, but... The sisterhood is just so important, mm-hmm. and it's something you don't, you can't really have with men because they can't really relate. Mm-hmm. I think it's just incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a very exciting <laughs> time to be in surgery. But, yeah, um, yeah, very sure. cool. Yeah. Um, and do you know any kind of what you'd want to do or? No, just... um, I think I've had I've had a few thoughts, but um, again, I'm very much I think until I'm in the training and actually doing it, I don't think. I'll, I'm hoping I'll have another like epiphany moment but I'll just <laughs> I'll do something I'll be mid-surgery and I'll just know yeah. <laughs> like this is but um I think I need to try it all and see see what happens again see what my life looks like in you know five six years or something when I have to make that decision yeah um and I think I do I do trust that that I'll I'll end up doing the right thing or be in the right place and because so far that seems to have just it seems to have worked out if I just get that belief that I'll I'll end up in the right doing the right thing or in the right place yeah um so yeah we'll have to see but yeah i'm not sure yeah that's so great and kind of leading on from that um you're saying that you know 
you'd look at yourself now and you're like, wow, I'm so happy with where I've come. Um, do you have any advice for a 16-year-old, Jay? Yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> this <laughs> this question made me laugh. I know, because I was like, everyone says the standard, like, not everyone says the standard thing. I, this is quite a few things. And I did, I think it was, A, quite terrifying, the thought that 16 was almost 10 years ago. Like, that, that is really blew my mind. Like, really. <laughs> um... I think this, and I, I'm, I'm, everyone's quite different, I suppose, from when they were 16. This, and this, I don't think, I won't maybe change anything because everyone has to go through that awkward time of being 16 and think, but like 16 year old Megan was definitely way too like boy obsessed, which <laughs> I, everyone like makes that if you look back. And, but I just, I think for me, like, I, I, I definitely was a bit boy obsessed and I was desperate to have a boyfriend and all that kind of stuff. And, I can kind of think back and I can see why I was at that time like elements of growing up and I went to an all-girls school for secondary school and so even though like day-to-day while you were at school nobody really like cared about the boy thing when you went to the joint socials with the boys grammar school it was like this (laughs) huge deal and it became this thing about were you getting attention were you not getting attention um and so I think you know as many teenagers tend to be kind of relationship obsessed. Um, I think I would, I would probably advise that it's probably not great because I think it gave me a bit, a little bit of a complex. I think I'm still now fighting to change a bit um, of kind of seeking out male, like using male attention as a form of validation. Yeah. Um, even in situations where I don't need it or I'm not looking for it in, I still and still I catch myself doing it and it's a really difficult habit to come out of um, and it's definitely one that's gotten me in in situations or you know scenarios that I, I wish I hadn't put myself in um, where you just even if you're not attracted to that person it's really important to me that they find me attractive or how they you know how they are towards me or if somebody rejects you or whatever it is um, using that to validate it's just it's not a great way and I, like yeah. I said I've worked really hard I think over the over the last nine years I have come out of that habit a lot um, but I, I, I suppose I would have liked to not have had such a challenge to come out of it I, yeah. I, I, I do look at other people and I think um, my younger sister is one of them where she her goals are very different to how mine were when she you know she's five years younger Um and I used to admire in her the kind of she didn't care um, as much about relationships and boys, and um, it gave her confidence. I think at sixteen that I definitely didn't feel like I had. Um, whether she'll agree with that or not, I don't know. But that's kind of what I felt. So <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I would say that. Um, and then I suppose like the other, the other thing I think, especially at sixteen, looking back, is that um, the thought that when you're like being 25 is not all that old or like you don't need to achieve this like this weird thing of being 16 where you feel like you've got to rush to achieve everything or that by the time you're like I remember used to think like oh in my 20s I'll definitely get married I'll probably have my first baby by the time I'm 30 like definitely like easy (laughs) um you know I'll have my own house I'll have done you know all these things um and I think you get to that kind of mid-twenties point and you think the idea of having a house being married having a baby in the next five years is like just a probably not achievable and <laughs> b just slightly terrifying yeah um but it, set, it sets you up for this whole thing that 
then when you do anything when you're like 21 22 you then i i felt like i had this pressure that it, everything should be like the big decisions and the relationships you're in should be the big life you know changing we're getting a married relationship and um like the thought of moving back home after university seemed awful because it seemed like you weren't you know achieving all these things and then you remember that actually 16 is really young even yeah. though you feel like you're an adult when you're a 16 year old girl you're really young um being in your 20s is really young being in your 30s is really young I'll probably keep going <laughs> until I'm like 80 and I'm like mm. um but I just think enjoy being younger stop trying to take on responsibilities of of people who are not in your in your situation in your scenario just enjoy being who you are and what you're doing um because I think a lot of at least a lot of the things that used to upset me or that used to really get to me are when I felt like I wasn't achieving what I should have done and actually most of those pressures I put on myself were the achievements of other people or what I you know other people were achieving not what I should have been focusing on yeah and do you think that's a very do you think women struggle with that more than men when you were talking about you know getting married and having children because we have this kind of biological time bomb Mm. that everyone talks about that you're like you know, you have to have kids by this time or else, you know, you're not going to be able to... Do you think that's a pressure that only women face? Um, I think... I think we I think at that age, I would probably say yes. Um, obviously, I don't know. But I think there is... From my experience of looking at friends, and there's this huge... I think women face that a lot younger. Obviously, there's a, the, bio, like the biology element of it. And even the way that women go through puberty you know, compared to men, it's it different. Yeah. Um, and so the reactions out of that, obviously, are going to be different. Um, but I think there is this pressure that women need to have get their lives together in order for them to be able to be married and have kids. Whereas... there's a bit more of a social acceptance that because men can do that when they're older they're allowed to do that when they're older yeah um and they can kind of it doesn't you know i feel like it's people don't look at it look on it as harshly if like a man doesn't really feel like he's got his like life together or um you know if he's still sleeping around when he's 28 or 38 or whatever which is completely acceptable no matter who's doing it or whatever but i feel like if you're yeah if women get to stage like even now like my I have my grandparents that ask me about you know relationships and um you know it's great that you're a doctor and you've achieved that and that's great but like when are you going to achieve the you know the wedding and babies thing and I'm like I'm, well, I'm 25 so yeah. hopefully not for a while yeah um but it just seems as whereas I just I don't feel that same pressures apply to men as young yeah uh, I think they seem they just have a long and I think that's why I think men then get kind of have a slightly more carefree attitude to their teenage and 20s um like those years I just don't they don't have that pressure and I, I think that's that's a bit of a shame and even the way we talk about you know men compared to women like you so a man who's not married is a bachelor and mm-hmm. have your bachelor pad and you're really cool but if you're a woman and you're not married you're a spinster yeah and you've got all your cats and it's yeah. really depressing it's like what the hell is wrong with being a spinster no, like no. sounds great oh that was so ha- like in real life they're so happy yeah like, not, <laughs> you just, not when you say spinster you picture this like old hag yeah. who's like 
Yeah. In the dark. I don't, I don't watch in the dark, but no, yeah. <laughs> She's like, in the dark. With a candle and a cat. <laughs> My favourite's always Bridget Jones. Like yeah. you know, do you remember I watched that when I was older and I looked I remember watching it as like a teenager and I watched it when I was in my twenties and I was like a, she's like, like she's got this like really cool job. She's got a really nice flat in London. Like she's clearly got her stuff, like her life together. Yeah. She's not overweight, even though they keep like harping on about it. Her being one hundred and forty pounds, which is so not even close to being overweight. <laughs> um, and then she's yeah, she's this thing about how she's oh she's never you know she's a spinster. She's gonna die alone, and it's like. No. Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't even that old in the end. No. I used to think she was ancient, but then yeah. in the later years she had a baby and yeah. it all came together. But it's just, yeah, it's just this, yeah, that weird thing of, oh, well, if you're single and you're babyless. Yeah. doesn't matter what else you've achieved. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Useless. <laughs> yeah, you're useless biologically. Yeah. No, that's so true. And Brit, yeah, Bridget Jones is a great example of that, actually. Yeah. I just, my mind is blown when we watched it. I was like, what is this? I still I love it. Like, I still love the film. <laughs> but, like... And draw her underwear as well. That was yeah. a big deal. And they look so comfy when oh, we watched great. it. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, like, it's one of the best, like, bigger the underwear now. Yeah, it's, no, like, it's great under scrubs. you got scrubs, massive oh, underwear. I know. Trainers is a dream. <laughs> and, like, the hair screw it back. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> don't care. <laughs> um, and so you were talking about kind of validation from boys mm. um, earlier. And uh, when, you, when you were talking about it, I was kind of thinking, d- did, you, did you think that was solely from boys? Or did you also want to seek validation from girls at that, at that time? Um, I think I did, obviously in very different ways. Um, I think when I was younger, it probably, there's more focus on, I guess, validation for men. Um, now, and actually if I, th- if I think about it, I suppose it's almost a kind of a positive and negative forms of, of validation, if, if that's a thing. If I think about how I look now, I'm very conscious of what other people think about me, um, or how... Um, like I'm very like at work I'm very scared about making a mistake not like a huge I'm gonna hurt someone mistake like a really small mistake and I'm because I'm really scared of one of the nurses or another doctor being like oh why didn't she know that or why so I think I I want you know I want approval and and validation for other people but if I think now like I, I do want that from women but most of the time it's almost like in a positive view like I want I I want my 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 mother or my like girlfriends to be like this what you did was amazing or I, I want that from them yeah but in a like I'm really kind of happy to receive it and it's like in a way that we kind of boost each other up yeah and it's not in a way that if I don't guess it, I don't feel bad about myself I don't think there's a gap but if I think about the validation that I get from men it's obviously always about like you know whether they think you're attractive or you know it's, it's obviously more of a romanticized for me romanticized kind of way um, and not getting that, or even getting it, it's sometimes still a negative thing. Yeah. So I think, I think I, I did search, but yeah, for validation from women, but I don't feel like I needed it. Yeah. I, f- I think I felt like, and probably still do feel like I need it from men. Yeah. Um, which isn't really nice. You shouldn't really need from anybody that kind of support or validation. Yeah. But I kind of I like that female validation mm. I like that kind of boosting each other up and I think we need yeah. more of that in the world yeah definitely um and I think and I do think women for the most part naturally do it with each other 
Um, and I, and I think, and especially that, that friendship between women, um, like you said before, because you just don't get, I mean, I have friends, really close friends who are, who are men, but it's just, I, that, that bond just isn't there that you have it with, you know, with your female friends because you just naturally, you know, beat each other up and, um, like really celebrate each other. Yeah. It, there's no competition. There's no, because you've done this, I have to do this or I'm less because you've accomplished more. It's just that amazing support to each other. Yeah. Which is, I, which I love, which I just think is awesome. Um, and I, and I think a lot of the time things that women do are to, for other women, um, there's that, the classic analogy that a woman on a night out most of the time she's dressing up because her and her girlfriend's dressing up and they you know if a girl comes up to you and is like I love your dress that is always like ten times nicer <laughs> than like if a man comes up to you and is like I love your dress yeah you know? like it's just not like you we do use that but I think it's just I just love that positivity between women yeah um, and it's yeah it's just it's naturally there yeah um, like the female also. toilets and a girl's night it's the best way <laughs> I could spend hours in there <laughs> I've made friendships we've like I've solved relationship issues oh. you're all like the amount of like selfies you're in of people you never meet again <laughs> you're like showing each other lipstick yeah <laughs> Like, you know, if you need a tampon, someone's there with one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, we've got you. That it's toilet so is true. the place to be. <laughs> I actually saw a tweet with this the other day. It was like, oh, you know, when girls share their tampons, it's just so amazing. Because, like, tampons are so expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's so true. Which I always wonder, issue. like, do you, whether men realise that's what happens in, like, yeah, women's toilets. Like, on night out. I think this is probably enlightening a lot of men and like yeah like it's like there's a whole party going on yeah it's just an incredible place like you go there every sad there's always someone crying yeah and then everyone's trying to help them regardless of like any kind of you know other connections mm-hmm. like you don't know this person but they're crying so it's your job yeah. to like sort them out yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm you're so invested you're like what is that I will fix you <laughs> Okay. I will sort this out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you leave and you just part ways and yeah, no one it. ever realises what's going on in there. It's an amazing place. It is. It's a great place. <laughs> I miss it. I know. Down. I know. Uh, it's one of the true, true <laughs> losses of lockdown. <laughs> yeah. um, and kind of on that note, but for our final question, um, what does being a woman mean to you? Um, I mean, I think, I think it's all around pretty cool, to be honest. Um, I don't know, I think I think women in general are just really strong. I think I I love being a woman. I think it's definitely something that I am like obviously ongoing. I'm evolving as a woman. I'm really excited to see kind of the kind of woman I'll be in like five or ten years or whatever. Um, but I love that, and especially now, I think there's so much going on with. Um, like development in women, like women's rights and the way that you know we view each other and the way that everybody else views women and what you know we can do and what we should be doing um and I just I just think that women are amazing because they have this amazing ability to still if they want to be have this amazing caregiving capacity that you can um you know have a really loving relationship with with somebody else and you can have your know, children which is in its own just mind-blowing and amazing um and you can like the amount of care that a woman can give to people who are close to her I just think is incredible but while also being 
incredibly strong and being like the rock of that of those relationships and being able to go out and you know accomplish you know have these huge careers and be amazing leaders and um I mean essentially just do anything when we can just do everything yeah. <laughs> um and I said, I mean, I think, like I said before, I'm really fortunate. I was raised by really amazing women. Um, and I'm surrounded by amazing women still, like people at work, you know, that I work with at my level and people that are older. Um, and I think the women that I truly admire are, is that the people that just show that perfect balance, that women have the capacity to be really, really strong and really, really caring and do both of them really well. And it's not to say that men can't. Yeah. Um, by all means, they can. And in that respect, I know a lot of men who do them both really well. Um, but there's just something about that kind of female empowerment of one, when a woman achieves all of that, it's, I just think it's awesome. And so to be a woman, to have that the opportunity to be able to do essentially anything, yeah. um, I just think is... It's really cool. It's so well. inspiring. That was amazing. <laughs> um, I think, I think you're so right. I think we've been bred in a generation where we we're, we're trying to run this race that men are running, but all, while also having our own side hustles mm-hmm. at the same time. Like the fact we're like amazing caregivers, the fact that we can do all this stuff, plus doing all the stuff that men can do, mm-hmm. and it just makes us incredible. We are. We are. So so we're killing it. Like to be honest. <laughs> We're just, we're doing well. It's so great. And the fact that women can do anything men can do, plus everything else that Mm. was expected of a woman. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and women do it, I think, without a lot of the time. I I think women just get on with so much. There's so much going on in our bodies and in in every, you know, just every day. And you just kind of get on with it. Yeah. Just go. And I actually, I think that's something that we're going to see more and more in the future. Like, the fact that, like, we all just get on with the fact that we're on our period for mm-hmm. like you're bleeding from yeah. your vagina. and no one's talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're on it, and you expect it to do exactly the same as what yeah. you, everyone else is doing, whilst this massive thing is going on yeah. inside your body, and like, it really consumes your whole like it consumes your whole head, but you're also trying to do everything else, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that will come to light a lot further down the line. You know, when we're a bit older, mm. we'll see that taken into account a bit more. I hope. Yeah, it's just a, it's a weird, weird. Yeah, we used to talk about periods more. Really. Yeah, we really do. I saw it. Like I saw TikTok because <laughs> TikTok's like my life. But it was like, can we please stop talking about the fact that like periods and menstrual cycles are like a one week thing? They're like, let's all be honest. They're three weeks long, and there's one week where you're kind of okay, <laughs> yeah. and then the rest is like, so true. you're either like you've got the week where you're moody and you're just eating everything, and then you've got like the bleeding week, which is just miserable and you're bloated <laughs> and in pain, and then you've got like the week afterwards where you're just grumpy because you spent two weeks eating and being in pain and then you're spotty from the food you've eaten and then you've got a week where you're really happy that's <laughs> so then, true and it goes through again <laughs> that's actually so awesome. <laughs> I never even thought yeah it's, that's so true it's not one yeah it's like I, the menopause the day I realised that menopause wasn't just like one bad period and then it was yeah. all over it's like a year is long I was like that's gonna that's suck that's rough <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but again we never take that into account when we look at women's achievements because no, yeah, yeah. why would you obviously society just doesn't care no just have to get on with it I, I just think it's so weird that it's just been literally not talked about to the point of just almost forgetting like it happens yeah um like even when like even when you buy or you have it in like your purse you've got like a tampon or a pad or something people are still meant to be like slightly like 
secretive about it. <laughs> and it's like, I had, oh, I had an ex. He was, he's a medical student. And he used to find pads really weird. <laughs> and I was like, A, it's a thing that happens to like 50% of, of the world's population. Yeah. And B, you're going to go into medicine. I find that really bizarre. But it's like, this is not a disgusting thing. Yes. Like, this is... The, literally the, a the opposite it's a hygiene yeah. thing but it was like this is just what is happening to all the women around you it's not a weird secretive thing no exactly it's just so I think I find it so bizarre that it's just been hushed to the point of and we've all just put up with it yeah we do <laughs> we all hide our tampons yeah. and, like today I was taking my um, reusable bag and see so yeah. out of my handbag and my pa- a pad fell out and I was like <gasps> Yeah. And then I was like, well, why am I yeah. embarrassed by this? No, so it's kind of like, <laughs> put it back in the bag. But yeah. yeah, I was like, I shouldn't feel embarrassed at all about this. Just fall it out. Because why should I be? I bleed, yeah, yeah. or well, whatever. Yeah, it happens. I'm dealing yeah. with it. <laughs> it's so true. We literally, and to the point that like, it's taxed as, taxed as a luxury item. Oh, I just, <laughs> it makes, I've, I just don't understand it. No. I don't understand it. I think if men had to buy tampons, they would mm. have them free because... Yeah, yeah. They're so expensive. You get free condoms. Exactly. <laughs> like, why condoms are literally not non-essential products. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are, yeah. but not as essential as pads. Yeah, like, you can not have sex. I physically cannot stop my body from being... Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, what am I going to do? Shove some toilet roll up there? Please don't do that. Anyway. Not, not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Oh, definitely have been caught short on times where I've been like, oh no. I know. I bet everyone's done it. You oh, do the, like, the temporary toilet yeah. roll like pad. <laughs> I love the genius. Tem- <laughs> <laughs> I love that action of like wrapping okay, the toilet like, roll around your pants. <laughs> That's so happened too many times. Everyone's done it. Yeah, yeah. everyone's done it. It's, and why is there not pads in toilets? And then, well, if there are, you have to pay for it, and you get like one, and you're like, yeah, it's like a pound for one. You're yeah. like, oh my lord, that's right. the most expensive period I've had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly. Yeah, it is a total joke. But that's part of being the woman. I think yeah. what you said this are actually, um, and you talk about it in surgery as well, but I think we're at a really, really crucial time of being women. I think like we're at a, a really exciting time. And I think we'll look back on the future and be like, whoa, we lived in such a cool time. Yeah. I think our rights and our freedoms are really kind of coming to the forefront and we're really like pushing for total equality, which we obviously do not have. Mm. <laughs> but hopefully we'll one day get there. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I think we will. We, will. we definitely will, yeah. I think even if you look at the last couple of years, like, yeah. it's going in the right direction. We just need to keep going with the momentum. Yeah, keep the movement. Mm. I love it. Well, thank you for um, being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, So I hope you've all enjoyed listening to the Virago that is Megan. And uh, just subscribe to hear more podcasts. Thank you. Bye. Waved again. (laughs)